Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. I'm Bill Payne. I play with Little Feet. I'm about 20 miles from Yellowstone Park. And what I try and do with my music is uh, share with, with others. I was just writing about Robert to Robbie Robertson and his passing. This idea of the confluence of uh, influences and remembrance. Uh, remembrance doesn't tie into what we're just talking about, but but the what influences our art certainly does. So, um, You know, the band uh, is such a inspirational group of genre bending songwriters and master musicians um and in a way little feet is sort of uh, an extension of that energy in my mind right and you guys have kept um the spirit going for over 50 years at this point you know which is just impressive and inspiring to me as a musician who has a band that is inspired by you guys and Robbie Robertson in the band and tries to further that um, connection between folk music, soul, rock and roll, the blues, funk music. Yeah. That's that's what I love about music is when you can merge two things that don't come together that often, right? You guys have acoustic <clears throat> ballads and you have these big New Orleans dance party songs and it makes sense and it always has. That's uh, that's exactly it and it's... Uh... I'm writing a book right now called Carnival Ghosts. It's my life, but it's my life that intersects with Little Feet. But 1966, I think, was when uh, Big Pink came out. So it would still be another three years before Little Feet became a, a band. But that's where things started to happen for me uh, with that group, was, was with that album. Uh, being in a golden age of music, and why I think Little Feet's been able to last for as long as it has. It's, it's always been about the music for our band. Well, howdy, everybody. You're once again tuned in to the show on the road. I'm your audio cave diver, Z Lupitan, and I had this thought listening to Little Feet these last few weeks and then diving into this conversation with the amazing Bill Payne. Some people have soulmates, right? Maybe it's their wife. Maybe it's their best friend, their sister, their brother, someone who just connects with them, who is a part of them deep down, something that connects to everything they believe in. What if that soulmate was a band? Now, if you know me, I've been making music with a band called Dust Bowl Revival for over 15 years now, and we try to merge funk and folk music together, harmonies, brass. It's a big, beautiful mess. And you know who does that the best and who's been doing it for 50 years? Little Feet. I can't believe I'm just now diving into their work, but I've fallen head over heels, and I think you will too. Okay, here he is, Bill Payne and Little Feet. Well, the night that I got into town was the night that the rain 
you know, Little Feet is one of those groups that uh, I was just talking to my wife about this. Um, sort of like Super Tramp for me, right? These bands that <laughs> you've heard these songs growing up. You know, your parents played them on vinyl. You heard them on classic rock radio, but you didn't necessarily know who it was, right? Little Feet never had the maybe the name recognition of Led Zeppelin, Elton John, all these people that kind of came out of um, the 70s. And yet so many people have been so inspired by you guys and have covered Little Feet through the years. I mean, just the catalog of covers on the song Willin, right? Which is, you know, one of your um, touchstone numbers. I mean, Linda Ronstadt, obviously, I think put it on the map, map maybe, but like... I mean, the the list is 20 deep of folks who've covered that, the greatest bands of all time, you know. I've been warped by the rain, driven by the snow. I'm drunk and dirty, don't you know? And I'm still willing. And I was out on the road late at night. I seen my pretty Alice in every headlight, Alice. Dallas, Alice. How does that feel for you all these years later? <laughs> How does it feel? Yeah. It's humbling. I, I have to say, yeah, uh, I have heroes uh, that are within that list. Maybe most, if not all of them. It's just a really cool, cool thing to, to, to be included in. A... And if you give me weed, white sand, white. Keith Richards uh, described to me, in 1974, we were in this basement in uh, Amsterdam, and the Rolling Stones came to hear us play. They came to hear Little Feet. And I'm down there in the basement going, oh, Keith, oh, my. And he, he grabs me, <laughs> uh, pulls me in tight. He says, oh, mate, we're all part of the same cloth. Mm. And what he was doing was, was saying, you're part of the club, man. Yeah. Your band is part of the club. And... I realized when I was reading his book, A Life, uh, he was talking about being in a, a very similar situation, but he was with with Muddy Waters and Little Richard. Mm. He thought, if those are the cats, I must be one of the cats too. So that was what it, what he was sharing with me. And I, I like to share that with people like yourself who are in a band. We're, right. We are a part of that, that club, man. And uh, we, we never joined it, like Groucho Marx used to say, I never joined a club that would accept me as a member. Yeah. Um, but in fact that's what we are so it's a cool thing to be a part of that well i think it's always uh hard to not have some imposter syndrome if you're a creator a writer a singer you know and you're one of the foremost uh, rock and roll keyboard players of the last 50 years um according to elton john but <laughs> you have to i'm sure question yourself all the time right throughout your career like do i belong in this club like i mean just looking at who's covering that willing song you got linda ronstadt obviously greg allman the birds steve Earle, tom petty played it live on this live record recently mandy moore played it i mean it's like these songs that sort of have a life of their own over half a century um 
you know, does it feel like these songs belong to you or do they sort of belong to the universe at a certain point? Well, they belong to the universe, uh, but they belong to me as well. I didn't, when we redid it for sailing shoes, uh, I come down from Santa Maria, California to Los Angeles, armed with a, a knowledge of Conway Twitty and George Jones. What I brought to that song when we went in to re-record it for Salem Shoes was that Floyd Kramer-esque piano. And we, for my money, we we, we uh, legitimized the song with, with Lowell singing in a more, uh, uh, a less affected way to sing the way he would sing brilliantly. Right. Um, on his own and a really good arrangement on it. And that's what there's, that's the iconic version of that song. Uh, not, not the one on, uh, on the very first album. Well, for people who don't know, um, little feet sort of re-released or, or released these deluxe versions of uh, sailing shoes and Dixie chicken, um, that have all sorts of really cool outtakes. They have, um, live versions. They have all these, uh, treasures that, fans of yours must be really excited to hear you know if you go to that first track uh on sailing shoes the deluxe version let it slip i mean it's like that song is such a jam like you feel like you know you go to a dance club in the middle of hollywood tonight it'd make total sense young people <laughs> you know dancing their ass off to it it's so easy to slip it's so How did it feel sort of rediscovering some of these songs that maybe you haven't heard in 40 years? Well, what, uh, I actually wrote something about it, and uh, with permission, I'll read you a little bit. And I, what I wrote was this. I said, what is striking to me is the absolute lack of inhibition Richie and I had, like two unleashed tornadoes crisscrossing each other's paths, gathering momentum that is unceasing and somehow, most importantly, disarming. There's an exhilarating tumble and pull to Richie's playing, and uh, that evades somehow self-indulgence. Much of what I'm playing is the same unrestrained, let me uh, see where the hell this goes attitude. This is the beginning of the band, a band finding its voice, speaking in tongues, emptying out the toy chest, not in search for anything, but in, in a mad dash for everything before adult supervision steps in and screams stop. We were just on a, a tear. But the album itself, the album Sailing Shoe itself, is a very restrained album, right? They're, the songs don't have any jams to speak of. Uh, it's uh, the playing is is tidy and, and it works. I, I love the album. But what was surrounding that record was that energy I just described of being paid 
by a record company to go on and, and try things. And we, we did a little bit of that on the first album, but we were distracted on that first album with uh, A, the fact that it was the first one, and B, that uh, Russ Teitelman, uh, who I, I love, he's a great guy, he and Lowell had a, uh, uh, they were dear friends, and then they had a confrontation over the making of that album. So that that was a distraction. So this, this one, we kind of got past that and were uh, just able to play. And that's the beauty of being in a band, as you well know. I mean, you... You might have songs you're going to rehearse for your gig coming up, but there's times when you just sit there Z, and you go, hey, let's try this groove or not even say anything. You just jump into it and see right. where it will take you. And that's that's the fun of being in a band. I mean, uh, you can do it with other musicians, of course, but you're going to have a, that conversation with your band more often than not. So that's cool. Are you guys playing a, a song like Let It Slip live? Easy to slip, yeah. Yeah, easy to slip. Sorry, yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, we are. We, we've been playing that. Uh, we'll soon be playing it this fall when we do both albums. What we might do, and this is, I haven't talked to the band about this, I might suggest on that on that tune that we, we have a, a little more of an extended area where we, we take it off a little bit, or jam a little bit on it. Right. We haven't done that before, but I could see that happening quite easily. It's, it's in such a cool groove. Um, Scott Gerard uh, and Tony Leone, I should mention them. They are in our band. Uh, Scott was the musical director for Greg Allman, who you mentioned earlier. I was out with the Doobie Brothers on a tour, and uh, I toured with those guys for seven years up until about a year and a half ago. And uh, so I met Scott on that tour, and then he wound up playing with us by uh, a suggestion from our manager at the time. We were we were doing our 50th anniversary for the Little Feet, and Paul was was dying, I and mean, he was on the way out. And so we did the tour in the fall, and we had Larry Teresa, Larry and Teresa, Larry Campbell, Teresa Williams join us. But the last two shows were with Scott Gerard, and on the very first of those two shows, Paul passed away. Mm. So that was a quite an, an event for, for Scott to step into that first and foremost. Uh, but then we went to Jamaica in January, uh, just a month and a half before the pandemic hit. And we decided, yeah, let's, let's continue this experiment called Little Feet with Scott Gerard. <laughs> and shortly to be followed by Tony Leone on the drums. Tony used to fill in for uh, Levon Helm, played with Chris Robinson. So yeah, there, there's a lot, a lot of very nice ties musically uh these guys are, are more scholars of our music than we are <laughs> you guys came out of um you know this sort of experimental world you know i know um lowell george you know was in the mothers of invention with zappa uh you were possibly going to be in that band also i think you were auditioning to be in and then you guys kind of got together it was around 1969 yeah uh, i was going to meet frank um uh... I called up his label of, of which there were two, Bizarre and Straight. I called Bizarre uh, with the idea of meeting Frank Zappa and, and possibly auditioning. But by the time Frank got back from Europe, which is about a month later, uh, I pretty much made the decision to just stick with Lowell. But I still went up to his house with with Lowell and talked to him. And I, I just felt that musically, his music was way over my head. I don't <laughs> think I would have been able 
really play it. So I was happy to be with Lowell. But we, in the early going with, with Little Feet in 1969, we had we had some instrumental tunes. Um, uh, Dance of the Nubile, Virgin Slaves, 10,000 Whips, uh, et cetera, that we played for Ahmed Erdogan, who was with uh, Atlantic mm -hmm. Records, ATCO. And had I known who Ahmed was, I would have been too embarrassed to play him in songs. But he, he simply looked at us and goes, boys, it's too diverse. And we went back to the drawing board, and that's where, um, uh, you know, well, Willen was probably already there, I got to say, but but Truck Stop Girl, um, Brides of Jesus, uh, uh, Strawberry Flats, all those songs started to, to fall into place. Yeah, because there was bands that didn't fit in any sort of pop radio-friendly direction, right? And yet they had an audience like the Mothers of Invention. But I think what made you guys maybe more accessible is that you could tap into the sort of jazz, blues, funk world, but also in the country, um, what we would now call Americana, folk singer-songwriter world, right? That you could speak directly with you know, songs that were very pared down. I mean, even um, Roll em Easy, which is a favorite of mine, right? This very quiet, slow burn of a song. And you have this gospel kind of backing uh, choir behind you guys. It's just beautiful. And you would never think that that band would also have these big dance-ready songs in their back pocket, right? It's like you can contain multitudes, which is my favorite type of band. I like I like playing, you know, personally in like theater shows when people are seated to start and at the end they're going crazy and dancing and, you know, in the aisles. Right. Because you can give them both. They can really listen and they can really have a good time because if you're only doing one thing, it gets old. Right. Yeah, it can for sure. And I've often said that uh, Z, that to play in the band Little Feet is like playing in 10 different bands. Yeah. Because you described us. <laughs> so it it was somewhat frustrating in the early going that we we were not a a hit band like say the Doobie Brothers, but we had our own thing and it was it was it was uh it was tough to define who we were for people out there, for the record label even. Uh, they stuck with us, but it was kind of like who are these guys? I mean, is, are, are they a, a rock and roll band? Are they, are they rhythm and blues? Are they New Orleans? What? Where do they where do they fall? We we just took music and and uh, uh, I keep using the word influences, but we took those influences and and crafted them uh, from genres, sometimes blending genres of music together to create and write music, which is the foundation of any great band, any great singers, uh, uh, anybody that wants to do anything, you have to have a uh, a platform to to perform from. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to write your own stuff. I mean, Linda Ronstadt, I don't think, wrote any music. But she was a song stylist, and 
made a great career out of that. Well, I think you guys were a, um, you know, a wellspring of uh, great songs in various genres for people to select. Like it's like a delicious buffet, you know, um, and <laughs> Right and I think like um, Dixie Chicken for me is 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 one of those records that it keeps coming around every few years into my uh, psyche, you know, forget about it. And then and then all of a sudden there's a song, you know, I, I have a radio show here in L.A. on 88.5. And so every week I'm just collecting songs that hit me in a certain way. And I keep getting these songs into my playlists or into my uh, radio stations that just hit me and I'm like, God, who's, who is that? Oh, it's Dixie chicken, <laughs> little feet again, you know, <laughs> because I, I didn't, I didn't grow up with you guys, you know, um, and I, I should have a conversation with my dad about this. I was like, why didn't you play this at home more often? You know, even though I grew up with all the people who were inspired by you or who were around you. Right. And so now 2023 is when I'm actually, fully diving into little feet you know which is really you know kind of cool in a way because that's the the beauty of, of music history it's always there you know you can always reach back yeah. and find it and in that True, and uh, what Lola and I used to call it were the connection between things. So if you like Eric Clapton, you might want to see who he liked, you know, and, and that that's the way your your vocabulary, so to speak, uh, keeps growing. So uh, my uh, uh, applause to you uh, for the way you're you're not only dealing with us, but just the way you're you're uh, what's shaped your life. You're doing it in a very good way, I gotta say. Well, I think the cool thing about the internet where you know it's a dangerous dark place but it's also a place of infinite discovery you guys re-releasing um these newer versions of Salem shoes and dixie chicken i hope that a whole new generation of folks can dive in and be like wait a second this is really cool song uh, that I was really into uh, yesterday, one that you wrote, Ovid Lana, which is, uh, there's a really cool version off that uh, Waiting for Columbus live record, which is, you know, considered one of the great live records of the last uh, 50 years. Um, there's just a lot of heart in these songs, you know, a lot of, um, you know, poetry, you know, and, and you write beautifully, um, you know, about a lot of stuff. But can you tell me a little bit about that song? Well, the first tour we did was in 1970, technically. We were at the Reflections Club in Cincinnati, Ohio. I think it held about a 1,000 people there, and we did two nights, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, Day, 24th and 25th. And uh, 
So they're all singing Ohio football songs because they're going to go to the Rose Bowl to play uh, Stanford. Uh-huh. When we arrived at that airport, the airport was not in Cincinnati, it was in Kentucky. And right. I was watching these people as we, were, as we were leaving the airport. There was a line of cars that were lined up just watching planes take off. And I go, is this all there is to do around here? Yeah. I thought it was kind of strange. Uh, being a kid from California who was a surfer, and uh, I didn't know how to dress for the winter at all. So uh, that's where the, that's where Atlanta was born. It was born in that in that, that first tour of Little Feet. Uh, so it starts off like there's a place down Ohio, got a place in Kentucky, right down near Ohio, where you can watch those planes at night. People want, lined up to watch each flight. Uh, that's where that came from. Uh, you were born in Texas, right? But then you, you moved to California when you were about two or three? Yeah, I was born uh, in Waco. Yeah. You start playing the piano what age? I'd say around five. I uh, started taking lessons. Uh, a little before that, maybe four years old. Or my mother played me a song called Vaya con Dios. Um, and there was music that went with it that she played for me. And it was uh, on the cover was... Two luminaries were on the cover, uh, Mary Ford and uh, Les Paul were mm. on that cover. And uh, I still have the music in my piano bench. And uh, that's kind of the way I got started. I had a great teacher named Ruth Newman who told my mother when I was taking lessons, she says, I'll make sure Bill knows how to read music, but let's not take the magic out of it for him. Mm. Which is in other words, let him play by ear. Uh, let him explore the instrument. Let him take it where he wants. Uh, let's let's make sure that happens. And I'll make sure he knows about Bach, Beethoven, Brahms, Chopin. Right. These songs that you guys created, we're still listening to them 50 years later, right? That matters. Yeah. Like, that's a really it's cool thing. You said, you said it earlier, though, which is a song like Old Lantern, but a lot of them, they have heart, right? Mm. And so if you're writing from the heart. And somebody asked me, "How do you keep Dixie Chicken fresh? You know, how do you uh-huh. keep it from played it a hundred thousand times? How do you give life to it each time you play it?" I said, "What do you do when you sing Happy Birthday to somebody? <laughs> Their eyes light up. <laughs> sing it from the heart. <laughs> Start there, and the rest will take care of itself." Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the job we have. You and I both have as artists, just yeah. to 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 find our voice and in, in finding our voice, uh, share it with people. And if it's meaningful, other people will go, thank you, Z, you really right. came into my life at a point when I really needed something to to lift me out of uh, the, the funk I was in. Or um, I was feeling really cool and good about life and you just extended that yeah, immeasurably by what you provided. That that's it's it's an obligation to to the art form that and to our talents 
that we have and to accept the fact that we do have talent that make us better than anybody. Right. But acknowledge that you have a voice and, and, uh, and you're given that voice to do some something with it and take it the way Brahms took it when he heard the footsteps of giants, which were Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, mm-hmm. and Haydn. Uh, he took them seriously and he thought, well, what, what do I have to do with coming into this, which is something you alluded, alluded to earlier. Why am I uh, in this I club? Enough of my, to, to put myself in the in the same uh, context as uh, if you're speaking about musicians, you might want to mention Robbie Robertson or Levon Helm, right. uh, Domino, Ray Charles, Little Richard, on and on. Yeah, do I deserve to be in that crowd? Well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe in a way you do. I mean, I, I think Little Feet does, and uh, because of, of of what we we've done, I don't say we sound like those cats or that they sound like us. Right. But it's. Uh, I feel the same way about about Beethoven and, and uh, Bach and Scarlatti and and music that's lasted. I don't. Uh, that stuff lasts because there's there's something there that that attracts mm-hmm. us to that that paradigm they've, they've set up um, I don't know what will, will happen with, with most of this music from this age but so far as you said 50 years is a pretty good start yeah and, uh, so we'll, we'll see in 1966 I found my love in 1967 I had a whole and as my time went by I was satisfied Big thanks to Bill Payne of Little Feet for getting on the line with me. Uh, man, it is a true honor to talk to one of the greatest keyboard players ever in the rock and roll, blues, and soul world. Listen to these records, guys. I'm just telling you, Little Feet's going to be your new favorite band. I guarantee it. Now, of course, the OGs who've been listening to this for the last four or five decades are going to call me an idiot. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of young folks... Uh, and by young, I mean maybe under 40, are just discovering this music now with the reissues of Salem Shoes and Dixie Chicken, 50th anniversary uh, reissues that have cool demos, all sorts of uh, deluxe tracks. Check it out, littlefeet.net. They're going to be playing the hits on this tour right now in uh, New Jersey, I see, Chicago, L.A., uh, Florida, New Orleans, Austin. Go see them. I wish I could. Uh, we're going to be on tour with Dust Bowl Revival when they're here in L.A. Uh, we're actually opening up for the Beach Boys. Yes, that is uh, not me being cheeky. Uh, whatever is left of the Beach Boys, we will be opening for them at the Clearwater Jazz Holiday uh, in Florida on the 19th of October. And then we're going to be going on a little run with Dwayne Betts, the son of Dickie Betts of the Allman Brothers, indeed, uh, in Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and New York. 
October 20th through 22nd. Please come and see us, dustbowlrevival.com. And we'll be coming back with part two of my talk with Bill from Little Feet uh, next week. As always, the show on the road is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Z. Lupitan. We are a part of the Osiris Network. We'll see you on the trail very soon. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian McKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.